0: In dum dum Hello, and welcome to episode 28 of the Two in the Authors podcast. That's with me, David B. Lines, And with me, Robert
1: Enright. And in today's main talking point, David and I will be discussing exactly how we've got thousands, thousands. of reviews for our books. Thousands, David. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll be talking about how we went about getting all of those reviews. We will then, as always, take a mailbag question for one of you awesome listeners before Oscar Soderbergh joins us all the way from Stockholm, David. And that's yeah. Stockholm, Sweden, not Stockholm, Dublin.
0: Ah, <laughs> wait, so he's not Irish? Is that, no, is not that Irish. allowed?
1: Yes, we're going to have a non-Irish guest on the seven questions this week. Um, but yeah, but, uh, Oscar will be joining us all the way from Stockholm <laughs> to face the seven questions. Lovely. Can't wait but, for that. David, before we get into all of that, Let's discuss how we've navigated the past seven days of our indie career. So what have you been up to since we last spoke?
0: Uh, I have been dotting the I's and crossing the T's on the very final edit of my Betsy Blake sequel novella, which is coming out in a week. So that's been done. It hasn't been uploaded, published yet to kdp but i will be doing that tomorrow morning and mm-hmm. i will i have already sort of in the past week sorted out my advertising my marketing my newsletter and my social media posts that will go out to sort of promote uh that novella so uh, yeah just working on those that tail end of matters yep. uh before a book is released so I, I enjoy that part of it i guess you enjoy that part too right
1: yeah, it's always quite it's quite a. Uh, it's almost like the finish lines there, isn't it? And you're taking those last few steps so like you're not you're yeah. just putting together all the bits and you know you're gonna get a benefit from the effort you're putting in. Yeah. That's what it feels like to
0: me. Yeah, I like teasing it out to my followers through newsletter and social media and then getting the old Ah oh, stop teasing us responses. I like those. Mm. Um but it's interesting, I like how the novella has panned out. It took me two months to write it. And It's I think I mentioned before it ended up at 27,000. So it's actually not it's not huge. It's sort of prime novella size. And, you know, last week we spoke about series V standalone. This is now a sequel. I'm half thinking. I think I mentioned this in the podcast before. Uh, inspired by you and others who write in series of maybe making a Lenny Moon, who is my uh, protagonist, he's a private investigator, yeah. making sort of stories following him. I might try three or four of them. seems they only take me a couple of would months they, to write. Would they, be, would they be novellas or novels? Novellas. So see if I can turn them over right. quick, like every two months. Is, every,
1: that, is that why you, you went for a novella sequel? Or because you didn't think... So I'm really prying here. No, absolutely. Is it, because, um, is it because you just wanted to do like a quick follow-up or was it because, I don't know, maybe the follow-up story idea wasn't um, big enough to be a full
0: novel? No, i was just interested. It was more um, because I was taking, when we started this podcast, I was taking six months off at the start of this year from writing mm-hmm. and because I didn't want to get heavy into another novel, which I probably will around September, October this year. But I just thought, Oh, while I have some free time, I'll pay back my fans and my readers and give them a little follow-up of where Betsy is. I'll do about 20,000 words of a, a little novella mm. of where she is now uh, after the book. And then it, it. I sort of got into it and I thought, well, I mean, I'm obviously not giving this away for free. Uh, and it's for the fans, so I'm dedicating it to them. But I'm still charging, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be £3.50 for the kindle which has put about two pound 50 into my pocket and then we're still working out because tomorrow i'm going to upload the paperback, and i'd say they're going to be 7.99 or 8.99 i want to i want to put about two pound 50 to three pound into my pocket for a sale of any Mm. format um so it's going to take me less time to write and if i can get maybe two or three of these out by the end of the year or before i start my new novel um even though they're only taking me a couple of months, they still put the same sort of amount of money into my pocket, if that makes sense, than a novel would. Which Can would I take,
1: pose a question? It takes
0: me five or six Can months to Can I pose to a question? Yeah.
1: Can I pose a question to you? Please do. Do you worry? Well, I guess you won't know until you try it, but do you worry that you might piss off a few people if you're charging almost the same for a book that's over
0: half the length? Yes. Yeah, well, it's not. It's, it's so the Bets. Whatever happened to Betsy Blake? The original novel. Novel like most of my novels are five ninety nine on Kindle. So right. the then um, the values are going to be about three at uh, three pounds fifty. So,
1: then that makes sense from a pricing point of view, and I guess it goes back to the conversation we've we've done on pricing um yeah. before. But because see, I was obviously thinking in my head because my books are three ninety nine. Say, so obviously, yeah. if I was to put my if I was to put my novella at like three forty nine, uh, yeah, it
0: looks a bit cheeky. It's
1: almost it's like a third of the length of the others. Yeah, then it goes back to the customer of oh, are they getting the value? But obviously, I can see now based on your pricing structure how that works.
0: Yeah, and I am going to test it out. If this goes well over the next two weeks, I'll measure the sales, and if it if it's going particularly well, I will definitely follow up with more yeah. novellas at the same price. But um, exciting, all to be seen over the next couple of weeks, and and we'll keep our, our listeners uh, in, uh up to date and on, on how that's going for me. So yeah, it's uh, basically my last week has been the tail end of getting a book out there and published and putting all my ducks in line. Uh, what have you been doing over the last seven weeks?
1: Seven weeks, seven weeks. I
0: know you I don't you've been doing even know la- I've
1: been doing over the last seven days. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: seven seven last, days. This, Sorry.
1: This, yeah. This all right, this last week. So obviously, we record this on the Thursday. So tomorrow is book launch day. Oh, you're launching so, tomorrow? Uh, yes. Yes, I am indeed. Book eleven in the sandpipe series. Nice. Had it back from my editor, Emma, the lovely Emma, lovely Emma, friend uh, of the show. Who? Yeah, friend of the show, Emma, who said it's the strongest one yet. Um, and then oh, great. my proofreader, who, who probably isn't as nice to me as Emma is. <laughs> But that's what I pay him for. He did say, again, he corroborated that this was the strongest story I've written. And he's done all of them. Great. So it was the most ambitious one I'd undertaken as well. So that's actually, from a writing perspective, that's given me a huge boost. Yes. For um, how I'm evolving creatively, if that makes
0: sense. But doesn't it make sense that because we're exercising the writing muscle all the time, Mm. Just left part of our brain or whatever it is. Um it may, I, I was just reading over my final draft of the Betsy Blake novella, then sorry, to bring it back to me. And I'm thinking, I'm I'm get, I'm definitely getting better at this. My my descriptive yeah. prose is getting better, but but we're exercising all the time. So it makes sense that we're actually getting better every time we're producing something.
1: I, I've already read I've re, I've read a bit through the first Bermuda book when I undertake that again, and I can tell you the writer I am now, six years <laughs> on and 12 books later, is much better than the one I was back then. Yeah. Um, so if there's people out there who have written one book or two books and thinking, Oh, it's not getting anywhere. Just keep going. Cause you will get better at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that's all good. So again, mailing lists all sorted. Social media stuff's all sorted. That's all done. It's Great. going off tomorrow. Um, really good as well because it falls on a bank holiday weekend here in the UK. So yeah. I can kind of mark it as a bank holiday treat for everyone. Brilliant. Um, I've had the cover for book 12 done because obviously I'm racing ahead with that. But that's it looks fantastic. But what that means is I can now upgrade my ads that I've been wanting to do for a little oh, while. Oh, yeah. Um because I I'm a big um proponent of like symmetry and things looking really good. i And now I've got twelve covers. Yeah, I've now got twelve covers. I can make a really good looking grid. Four out grids of three, yeah. Um so so I've actually started to develop and I actually sent it out yesterday very late. So I'm gonna test over the next few weeks. I've actually developed a video ad for ah. Facebook because I mean, i've heard that video ads actually do really well um so we'll see how that goes and i'll keep i keep everyone informed about that and then lastly to end it on a really positive note just randomly out of nowhere um the night shift just went number one in a category and it stayed there for like two
0: days oh great nice i love when that. yeah, lovely.
1: yeah um, in men's adventure fiction as well so it's like um Ahead of like Wilbur Smith and Neil Rancaster, deadly. Um, so yeah, so but in the lead up to a new book coming out, it's not bad that the first one's just gone to number one in a few categories. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it's, it's been a good week, been a very good week.
0: So, Rob, it's now time for the main talking point, and this week we mm. are going to discuss the old adage of how to get reviews for your books now the big thing about this rob and how we sort of approach these talking points and any advice that we pay back to our listeners is we're not telling you in any way that this is the formula and this is the strategy that you must follow in order for your books to Mm -hmm. be successful because you and i have done it come from different angles and we've both been equally successful. So what we're gonna do is um we're gonna talk about how we have managed to get thousands of reviews for our books. Yeah, so, sounds um, good. Because at one stage we've now got I've over four and a half thousand, I think, on Betsy Blake Europe, over three thousand pounds, three thousand reviews on your first book, right? So at one stage, both of those books had zero reviews.
1: yes Yes. once they they were zero reviews i'd also put in there last year i checked this the other day Mm -hmm. last february so february 2022 the night shift the first book in my Pope series had 720 reviews Ah. and now 14 months on it's now got over 3100 so yeah i think if we're going to be talking about how do we get reviews? We, we obviously know how to get reviews. Yeah. So we'll talk about how we done it, but hopefully with a little bit of credibility as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. And a little bit of experience from it. So there may be listeners who, you know, have published a book and they've got seven reviews and they are going, Oh my God, when is my eight review going to come in? Uh-huh. We're going to, we're going to sort of talk you through how Rob and I got over those hurdles. We might also have listeners who have, you know, 80 or 90 reviews and they really want to get into the hundreds, we'll talk about how we manage that. And then those who have a few hundred reviews who are dying to get into the thousands of reviews, we'll talk about how Rob and I managed to achieve that as well. So in in maybe about three different stages. But let's say we're starting from scratch, Rob. We're new to this game. We've just released a brand new horror fiction. And we've tried to get as many people to read it as possible it's proving to be a bit of a struggle i got that catch 22 chicken and egg situation i don't have the social proof because i don't have enough reviews on my amazon page but i'm not selling enough books to get the review i, I what, what still my head in what should i do so
1: I can tell you what I did when I started out. But yeah, I can tell you what I would do now. Which would you like?
0: <laughs> um, let's let's let. Why don't we discuss how we managed to break that hurdle, and then what we might do now with with the the knowledge and experience we've had since? So,
1: I don't know if you did this, David. When I started out, is I tried book tours. They yes. seem to be so. My first book came out I think, eight years ago. This year, mm-hmm. one by one, standalone action thriller fits in the crime mold i was in loads of crime book facebook groups lots of bloggers very prominent so i organized a blog tour for it and i kind of reached out to about five or six bloggers and gave them the book and i think yes with with all of the bloggers they're all so lovely they always really want to help new independent authors i got some good reviews off the back of that and then i mainly got you know I I asked friends and family if they had an Amazon account to go on and give me a five star review. Yeah. Um. But I guess that's kind of at the time I was eight years, you know, less experienced than I am now. Yeah. Um. But that was how I got like I'd say probably my first twenty twenty five reviews probably. Right. I don't think they were. I don't think they were organic in any way. Yeah. Um. But that was what I did.
0: But that that's similar to what I did, because what I did was I followed a model. My my first book was published traditionally, um, and I followed the model that that publisher had done with my first book. So okay. I used book tours like you did. Um, mm-hmm. I contacted about 12 bloggers who all agreed to review the book. And then by the time the book was published, they were sort of ready and primed to upload the reviews to Amazon, which was a nice mm-hmm. help, like a, a very decent start. Now, I'm not against blog tours. I use them sparingly. I think we've sort of mentioned this in the podcast before. What we should do, Rob, is actually we should get a, somebody who organizes blog tours onto the podcast and, and have them explain yes. it to our listeners um, far better than you and I can. But um, this is how I started. I I had been following a model set by my publisher of going on blog tours, getting the reviews in, and then, of course, I did that thing that you did, Robert, which was I asked the family dog and my grandmother and anybody else, <laughs> to leave a review, which I do not do now and would no. not recommend to our listeners. So um, nowadays I have a better team who of about 10 people who read my books and they're just you know, so eager to leave reviews. They can't wait to leave the review when it goes up. But that's sort of been a work in progress. Um, yeah, well, you
1: wouldn't have one of those from scratch. Would you, you wouldn't have you those wouldn't have from scratch. Team. Exactly. Um, what I would do now... If I was starting from scratch, if I had the knowledge I had now, um, or I had someone, a podcast like this, just discussing it, I'd want to know is, is I actually think the reviews at this point are similar to when we spoke about launching books, that they are important, but they're not as important as I think people make them out to be, Yeah. especially at this point in time. So I know you're talking about the chicken and the egg, egg situation mm-hmm. of... I can't get reviews because I can't get sales, but I can't get sales because I can't get reviews. I actually don't think that's true. I think reviews will help a sale. I yeah. think reviews will help you get many sales. But I think you can easily get sales without reviews. Yeah. Um, and I think the things that we've spoken about before, like I wouldn't focus on it. I would just focus, I'd focus on the next book. And I, I always say that, but the way you're going to get reviews is by getting sales. And the only way you're going to get sales, the best way to get sales is to get another book out. Yeah so that would be my i'd say building uh more books a bigger catalog and a readership and that's by going through all the things we've spoken about by you know the editing the covers building a mailing list those types of things would get you organic reviews they will start coming in as soon as you've cultivated that you will start getting reviews that would be my my tip now if, if i could tell myself eight years ago what what the best foot forward would be, would be that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I sitting here with these microphones in front of us, we're proof of that, right? That has happened yeah. to, to the two of us. That's how we've become successful at this game. Uh-huh. It happened for us that way. It was a bit more generic and slow rather. Than, I mean, you and I didn't release our debuts and have a hundred reviews within a week. It, it, it is a case of, of being uh-huh. patient. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, we will get somebody on to talk about blog tours for those listeners who aren't quite aware of them. You can Google them. And what happens is they'll send your book out to about uh, 10 or 12 bloggers and they will review your book. The The problem here is your book's going to have to be good. And people don't say that enough in this game. Your book has to be yeah. good. There's no point yeah. in you sending this your book out to 10 or 12 reviewers only to, on publishing day, realize you, you've got 10, 2 and 3 star reviews all over your Amazon sales page because that's going to be counterproductive to you making more sales. But it, it's one way of, of you know, going from zero to 10 reviews, say, using blog tours. Mm-hmm. The reason myself and Robert don't advocate you asking Auntie Sheila to leave a review for your book is because it sort of plays around with the algorithms. It's it's, yeah. tell, it's telling the Amazon algorithms that, oh, Auntie Sheila reads these types of books when she doesn't.
1: Unless she does, unless you've got unless a family member who's yes. who's 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 deep into crime fiction or romance fiction or whatever you write, yeah, if they are your target audience, by all means, get them on it straight away. I have a, I, have, I do have a couple of friends who read my books, yeah, but that's because they're big action. Um, yeah. well, they uh, have to be read the yeah. Child. Yeah, so that so so it doesn't mess around with it. But I wouldn't ask like my my sister to read it, yeah. So yeah, so that that'd be. I think that's it for. You know, starting from scratch. But David, yeah. you mentioned earlier, if you're like looking to get into 100 reviews, so you so you're ticking along a bit. How do you propel yeah. that? How would you propel that forward? What did you do to propel it forward? And then how would you do it like now?
0: Um, well, to to lay down a, a a basic fact here is, in order to get hundreds of reviews, you got to be selling thousands of copies, right? Uh huh. So how did I get hundreds of reviews? Well, I sold thousands of copies of, of my books. So the marketing just, was was a it was a constant. So just to um, cut in
1: there, David, mm-hmm. I just want to say it, that's based on the the kind of unwritten rule that for like every hundred books you sell, you get one review or something like that, isn't it? Is that like the unwritten rule out there
0: floating that, around? Yeah, I'm not quite sure of the statistic, but I mean, more often than not, you're not going to get a review. If somebody might close your book and think, "Wow, that was that was the best book I've read this year," still might not leave a review. I think very, you get very, more reviews from ebooks books because yeah. you have the option at the end. Yeah, well, here's the thing. One of my biggest selling books is Alex, which is my Alex Ferguson um, biography. That doesn't get reviews, and the reason it doesn't get reviews is I think it has like 400 reviews or like 500 reviews when when it sold tens and tens and thousands of copies. But it's it's because people are reading them in paperback or hardback. Yeah. So they're not yeah. they're not getting the prompt from Amazon as soon as they close that book like you do with ebooks. So the more ebooks you sell, the more likely you are to get many yeah, many it's many worth, more reviews. That's a good tip worth people knowing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely because the e- at the end of the ebook Amazon will prompt them to leave a review perhaps. Yeah. Um so that is really how you get hundreds of reviews. You sell thousands of books. So um now I happen to sell thousands of copies because I invested uh, thousands of pounds into Facebook ads. So I sold my books at a good price and that managed to gift me a career straight away in this game. Again, you got to have full belief in your manuscript and in mm-hmm. your marketing. However, one way to get around this is you, you could perhaps, you know, apply for a book bub. And if you get a book bub and you say, right, I'm going to discount my book to 99p and hopefully I sell, at, you know, 10,000 people or will download it. Well, now, if you get 10,000 people to download your book, the chances of you getting towards 100 or 200 reviews are quite high. So mm-hmm. I have a very, very basic answer to this, is if you want hundreds of reviews, you got to get thousands of people reading your books. So you can have them, you can market it, selling them at full price. You can opt to go that discount route and try and get 10,000 eyes on your books. Um, so that's a, it's an answer that I think listeners will probably roll their eyes at. Because it's again a probably chicken and egg situation there. Because while well, I'm not I'm not really telling you to get hundreds of reviews, it's I'm telling you it. to sell thousands of books. That's really my I don't think it's it. don't think it's a chicken and an egg one. Um I think it followed on to
1: what I was saying on the starting from scratch one, is is if you want reviews, like you have to sell books. You can sell books without reviews, but you can't get reviews without selling books. That's yeah, that's the aim of it. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting out, your focus should be on selling the books to get the reviews. Yeah. But again, I'd say don't emphasize too much in it because you should just be focusing on selling the books and the reviews will come in naturally. Yes. So, I mean, I have a request in the back of my book. I know Amazon prompts people to, oh, did you like this book? I have a personal request from me in the back yeah. of my books that says hey, I'm an independent author if you really enjoyed like Sam Pope's fight against whoever the character was in that one please leave a review they really help and what I do there is I say like I'd massively appreciate it and that the reader themselves can then play a part in the success of the book yeah now I don't know about you David but like if you get invested in something TV show football team celebrity I don't know
0: yeah you're in you want
1: to see you want to see whatever that is that you're invested in do well absolutely like you you want to see a tv show come back for another season you want to see an actor you might like get a bigger role or whatever
0: yeah you're invested so if
1: you've got the yeah so if you've got the opportunity to help that happen and you're invested you're more likely to do it so using that personal touch and this goes back to that cultivating of readership it's like we've been over with all the stuff about how to do it, like your mailing lists, your social media. But you bring people into your series, you bring them into the sort of following you can cultivate. Yeah. And they, you know, we've said it before every now and then you could just post a little mail, a mail out or post in your social media group and say, Oh, I'd like to get this one up from. Yeah, I don't know nine hundred reviews to a thousand reviews, or ninety yeah. reviews to a hundred reviews. Who can mm-hmm. help me out? And then suddenly you'll see a few, you'll see a few reviews come in.
0: Yeah, well, very, um, I did have you know. There's a list of tips that I want to give out to um, our listeners here, but that is one I use that you've just mentioned. Like, if a book of mine has ninety-four reviews. I will say, come on, let's get the. I'll I'll reach out to my social media followers and say, let's get this up to 100 by the end of this week. Let's get the let's get these reviews. And very often I will reach out to that fan base when I think, oh, um, you know, I might look at my sales page and think, oh, of all the great reviews in the middle of middle America has, there's a bloody three star review at the very top of that page. Does my head in really melts my Uh brain. And I will reach out to my followers then and say, right. I'm giving away three free copies, three free paperbacks signed of In the Middle of America um, for people who leave reviews for that book um, in the next seven days. So I want you to all leave reviews for In the Middle of America. If you've read it, get your reviews up straight away. I'm going to pick of over hat for a signed paperback just to sort of rejig the algorithms of how those reviews are left and what my sales page looks like. But again, that's all about cultivating that follower and that readership Uh that me and Rob talk about so often. And like I said,
1: if you need to sell thousands of books to get hundreds of reviews, the only way you're going to sell thousands of books is to have books to sell at a high quality and making sure all those ducks are in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So it always comes back. I know a lot of the stuff we talk about always comes back to almost like those basics of like good books, good quality covers, good editing, building a mailing list and then marketing. But that's, yeah, that's fundamental. You're not going to do this without any of those.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. Um,
1: But we spoke David about, so we're now in the thousands with our reviews, which is a lovely place to be in. Um, it's not a boast it's it's just recognition of hard work i'd say more than yeah more than that um so what did you do to explode your reviews
0: um well it really was i got, i managed to get thousands of reviews because i sold 10 well i've actually sold hundreds of thousands of books now at this stage uh-huh. so if you write a great book and you market it correctly that can lead you to selling multi thousands of books. That that's literally how I got thousands of reviews. Uh, however, one main the uh, one main tip that I would give here, uh, from turning your reviews up to the heights, is to is really to cultivate your fan base. If you have a healthy email yeah. list and a health healthy social media following, uh, whatever it is, wherever you cultivate or house your fans, uh, that is when you you can sell tens of thousands of books in order to get thousands of reviews. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can get them to work for you. As Robert has alluded to, it really is about reaching out to them and asking them nicely to leave a review. Um, Yeah. Or or through your social media following, your Twitter or your Facebook, whatever it is. But I get lots of reviews this way. I give some tips. A lot of readers comment on my Facebook ads. So when I put out a new Facebook ad for, let's say, The Coincidence, one of my books, Mm -hmm. when that ad is out there, I, I tend to get a lot of people commenting on them who've already read the book and go oh I've read this one I really loved it well that's a no-brainer for me to follow up with oh thanks Anne thanks for reading that really appreciate you reaching out to me to tell me you enjoyed the book if there's any chance you could spare two minutes to leave a review on Amazon I'd be very grateful I get hundreds of reviews that way so I do that as well yeah comments on my
1: ads I I I follow up I don't think I'm as polite as you are when I do that If (laughs) if someone on my Facebook ad says like Oh, great series. Must have, I've read all of them. Great series. I just say, make sure you leave reviews on Amazon then. Or right. like, thank you, John. Make yeah. sure you leave a review on Amazon. It all helps. But yes. like, again, always always go back to them say like saying to them, you're helping me by doing it. But yeah, I just say, oh, if you liked it, leave a review then. Make sure. I, I those, those are my words I always use is make sure. Yeah, you you leave a review. Yeah, stronger wording it than of, me it
0: probably works. Actually, it kind for of you. makes yeah. it
1: feel to them like, oh crap, I haven't done it. Yeah. Like that's what exactly. I want them to do. I don't want I don't want to give them the choice if that makes sense.
0: I, I might I might try that wording out, that language out a bit more stern yeah. rather than. Please. Yeah, make sure you leave a review.
1: Yeah, um, if you like this book, make sure you leave a review. Yeah, it's a mentality I, I, thing. It's it,
0: yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, they they'll, they'll get to it, and and I get so many follow-ups going oh yes i certainly will you know what i mean i get i i know that it works for me that sort of approach of of replying to comments it it really helps and it helps cultivate that fan base that rob and i are always talking about Mm -hmm. another way that i would like to mention that i'm sure i get hundreds of reviews from is all of my workflows in my for my emails that the whole system works perfectly so if you sign up to be a fan of David B. lines's books or to get more information on David B. lines's books, uh, you, you'll you get a welcome email. And then about three days later, you'll get another email, you know, and, and eventually I'm leading, I have workflows where they will lead up to this person, this fan being invested in me that they will leave reviews every time they haven't read a book because they're getting uh-huh. prompted to from my emails because it's all set up that way. I have a workflow system that if you finished reading whatever happened to Betsy Blake, and you sign up to watch the clues video, and um, you'll get the clues video in your email. And then two days later, you will get. I hope you enjoyed the video. Uh, if you could spare two minutes to leave a I'm review sure. on Amazon, <laughs> make, sure. make sure, make sure, change that. And <laughs> um, so my workflows really helped me get mm. go go or have helped me go from hundreds to thousands of reviews. And my commenting, commenting. On comments that have already been left on my Facebook ads, they help me go from hundreds of thousands of reviews. I'm sure they do. They're the two biggest tips I can give to our listeners. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, they're exceptional tips. I think people should definitely look at putting them in place. Um, I don't think now, like at, at the point where, point where the books are going into the thousands of reviews, there's not really much to say other than what we've already been over because yeah. those were the things that took it to the point where the books now sell at a level that they they generate that many reviews just organically. Yeah. Um, one of the things, so, so I can't really comment more on, on what to do differently than what you've just said, because I do all of those things. Yeah. A couple of other tips I think um, I'll just put out there is one, I, I've never got desperate when it comes to asking for reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, there's that differentiation to make is to, you know, be begging people for reviews. They say, but the, like, I, I, I'm quite stern about it. I'll do, I'll do what you do. I will lean on my Facebook group if I want to totter them up. Um, but I just feel it's the same as, you know, you, even though we're independent authors and, yeah you know, we should wear that badge proudly, yeah. you still want to be indistinguishable to the published authors. Like I said, I'm sitting on a chart right now next to Wilbur Smith and Neil Lancaster. Yeah, it's great. Um, but the, my cover looks just as good as theirs. I've got more reviews than them. So to to the untrained eye,
0: yeah, in you're the, you're playing in their division.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 just as I'm just as published as they are. I did that yeah. with inverted comments. Yeah. Um So I'd say you you want all your aspects of your business to be that way. And I'd say the same with you know getting your reviews and how you interact with your fan base should be at the same sort of level. Yeah. As in, you know, just treat it like that. It's still a business. Part of your business is to cultivate that um, readership that David spoke about. So I don't think it should be a case of ever like being desperate or begging or anything like that for it. You should just make sure you're directing people to leave reviews because I go back to it is people want to invest in their favorite author because they want them to write more. Yeah. So they will do that. Um, the other tip I would give is don't really pay attention to negative or bad reviews unless it's something fundamentally like about the book, like uh, it's missing a chapter or yeah. Um, the the editing's really bad or something like that because that's stuff that can impact you if it's someone saying oh, i get reviews like this all the time oh what a load of nonsense or yeah or lee child does it so much better yeah or oh it's like the author made it up which i did <laughs> um those, well, those welcome things, to
0: fiction writing
1: yeah, those, thi- those things, don't sweat them, don't, never respond to them. Yeah,
0: that's all nonsense, I, hate, I I. hate. it I really s- irritates me, I know you're the one who gets irritated by uh, comments on groups from other authors, but this, I've oh, got my first one star review today, you haven't been irate in ages mm-hmm. actually, this whole I like, got one star review today, boo-hoo, like, suck it up and or go find worse, your next five star review.
1: This person left me a two star review saying this, they just didn't understand the book, how can I get Amazon to take it down? Fucking doesn't yeah. matter. You actually want some of those bad reviews to level out your thing. Because if you've just got five and four star reviews, people will call bullshit on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um so so again all the great uh, books. never respond
0: you, to it. If you look at James Joyce's Ulysses or any classic book, you will find mm-hmm. you will find a lot of one star and two star reviews <laughs> all over those of books. Course, of course you will. So yeah. never never react to
1: it, never respond to it. Just let it go. Like, yeah. You're, you are you if you do all the things we speak about on this podcast, well, this is what's happened for us. And you, you, you build and call a thing. You will still get negative reviews, but your, mm-hmm. your fans and your readers will more than subsidize that with a, more good and positive reviews. Yeah. Joey, you know I, mean? I think like my, my first book, which is now like it was at 3,100, about 78 to 80% of those reviews, maybe even higher sit at five or four star. Yeah so just don't sweat that stuff um and it goes back to thing is this you know you want to become an investable author for a reader which is why i always say write more books because again if you pick up if someone told you that there's a really good season on netflix and there's one series and then someone told you there's a really good series on amazon and there's five series you're probably going to invest in the five series one because that's more bang for your buck right yeah Mm -hmm. um and if you only write one book and then you're thinking the reviews are just going to stream in, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment, and that can be disillusioning. And you'll then question if the oh, it's a closed shop, we can't do this. But if you look at like we we've mentioned a lot of the time, like L. J. Ross, Mark Dawson, like massive major players in the indie author world, they don't just dominate because like the, the indie publishing world because they're phenomenal authors and they they really are
0: they are great authors yeah
1: but but they've got 20 book series and then other series mm-hmm. they, they have they have the stuff to offer yes. and they engage so well with their readers um, and they they've clearly reinvested into advertising like mark goes into detail about his advertising on his own podcast yeah like they do that but but he probably wouldn't be doing that if he only had three books. He does exactly. it because he's got about 30, 40 books to offer people. Same as LJ Ross.
0: Yeah, it is quite that's simple. the reason why they do it. They have tens of thousands of reviews because they're selling hundreds of thousands of books. Because they've
1: got loads of books to sell, got that the they books can then to sell. market and invest in.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so And don't fret it. If you're, if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, oh, my book has two reviews from me Auntie Sheila and me dog. And this just seems like a mountain that's too hard to climb. Listen, Robert's advice that he gives every week, every week on this podcast, which is to write the next book, is your best thing to do. But listen, just to go over very briefly, if you're starting from scratch, try a book tour to see if you can start Mm -hmm. by getting a dozen reviews or so on Amazon. If not, perhaps try a discount where you can give your book away for 99p to get as many eyes on it as possible just to get those reviews ticking over. Once you have them ticked over and now you're thinking, well, I've only got 46 reviews. I want 100. You know, this is where me and Robert have been talking about cultivating your readership Uh and even taking some of the hints that Robert has given you there by asking nicely in the back of your book to leave a review. Um, And then if you want to go from hundreds to thousands of reviews, the tips we've given you there, you know, make sure your newsletter, your it is all up to date and the workflow is going where you're constantly asking them to leave reviews and make sure that you are using your social media to ask for reviews when people are commenting on your uh, marketing. In the others.
1: David, David, it's time to go to the mailbag.
0: Okay, I'm going to give that a 5 out of 10. Now, now, come here, tell me this and tell me no more. Do you come up with these things on the spot? Or have you been thinking (laughs) about that all week? No, I literally came up with that on the spot. Oh, good, good. I'm delighted to come up with them on the spot. Okay. So, yeah, um, yeah. That's,
1: that's what I spend my week doing is, is coming up <laughs> with a, a three second
0: <laughs> A crap one, too. A crap one for the mailbag. Well, I'm going to expect that every week now a new mailbag jingle. Oh, okay. So are our listeners. Um, that's the way it is. Yeah. Fair enough go ahead do we
1: have a question do we, we, have do. Question. we always have a oh, we question do. Good, we have a wonderful good. question our wonderful readers <laughs> our readers our, our wonderful listeners sent in another excellent question for us and this week's question David comes from Paul Cotteridge and it's a very very um short question which is just okay. how can you ever know if your book is good enough
0: Oh, interesting, Paul, because I've been through that over the past couple of weeks, you know, where you're at the redrafting stage, Rob, where you're, uh-huh. um, you could, you could just keep going and going and going. And at some point you got to go, I got to get this fucking book published. I got to get this up there. <laughs> In fact, so much that I would, and this just happened to me over the last week where I'm restructuring a sentence and as I'm restructuring it and thinking, hold on, this is the way it was. And then I restructure it, restructured it the other way. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. yeah, it's time that this is done. I've done enough on this book. Um, so to answer your question, Paul, is yeah, you could redraft forever. We all could. Stephen King could keep redrafting his books. Um, but how do you know if your book is good enough? I mean, if you read a lot uh, of other books and then read yours and, and – you know, compare, have you, have, is your voice and is your tone good? Well then, you know, the ch- the chances are your book probably is good enough, Paul, and you're just having what we all have, whether you've sold uh, hundreds of thousands of books like Rob and I have, or you've sold 10 books, is that imposter syndrome, which kicks uh-huh. into anybody at any level of any artistry. Do you all think maybe I'm not as good as people lead me to believe I am at this game? Um, But Paul reach out to people that you trust who will give you some honest feedback and um, there are you know great editors out there who can can help you and um, please get in touch with Emmett if, if you need to and you need a fresh eye of your manuscript. Um, but it, I mean it, it's your words and your take and your artistry that that's on that page Paul and it's really not up to you to judge whether it's good enough or not now. It's really up to readers. So uh-huh. have a bit more faith in yourself, get it out there and um, have some beta readers or perhaps professional editors go through it and see if they can point anything out to you that you think, mm, yeah, that would improve this and then get to work on it and then finally get that published.
1: Lovely. Um, I think David's nailed that one. I smashed that out of the park with a home run. Um, <laughs> but again, I subscribe to the idea of getting wrong as quickly as possible. To yeah. get it to the editor, um you pay them to be honest, you pay them to point out what needs changing, what works doesn't work um yeah i 'm eleven books into a series, and Emma still points out you can't but this this isn't work, this is physically yeah. impossible. Um, this could come across as um, nasty or whatever you know just just you could write a really nasty character, but you could make them too nasty um. And that's what you're paying for. Same with a proofreader. My yeah. last proofreader on the last book said, uh, "Strongest story yet." But did you write this with a dictaphone? Because the amount of wrong words you've used, it's like, no, I'm oh, just okay. terrible. <laughs> but but again, it's it's you know, it's not. It's just you know, I accept that as part of my writing. That's why I pay the money for someone to help me yeah. correct it. Yeah. Um. But then I would say the next step after that is the best way you'll know if your book's good enough is if you write it. Cause you can't, you can't know if it's not good enough if you don't finish it.
0: Well, that's a pretty good tip. Yes, um, absolutely.
1: You know, give, give it, give it the love, give it the dedication. I think that's what people don't do is they don't dedicate enough time to it. That's why you have people saying, oh, I've been writing a book for eight years. I just can't, I just can't break the back of it. So, yeah. Cause you're not dedicating enough time to it. Absolutely. Um, if you really want to know if your book's good <laughs> enough, give it the time and dedication it needs and deserves, give it the investment from you and financially to make it as watertight as possible and that's the editor the cover the back matter, everything the blurb work on it get better at it redraft the blurb get better at writing them and then get it in front of people which would again be investment in marketing because people won't know it's there unless you put it in front of their eyes and then you'll know won't you if it's good enough yes, you will yeah and if will. and but if you w- do
0: all those things then it should sell I should sell, yeah. And, and as Robert said, Paul, it's not good enough if it's not finished. Definitely uh-huh. not good enough if it's not finished. So get it finished, have some belief in yourself, send it out to some people, and um, try and get some feedback on it. Too too too- Okay, Robert, time for the best part of the show again. It is the seven mm-hmm. questions and we have a great friend of the show on, Oscar Soderberg all the way from Stockholm, Sweden. Oscar, thank you so much for giving us your time this morning.
2: Thanks for having me. It's not actually Stockholm, but it's uh, Stockholm time.
0: Oh, in Stockholm time. So where are you where are you based?
2: It's called Norrköping. Try try uh, pronouncing that one.
0: Um, I might need help with that one, might Fair need not. help
2: with that one. So is that in, Nor- in North, Sweden? It's a little bit south of Stockholm.
0: Oh, it's south of Stockholm, ah, yeah. okay, so in, think in that particular region. I think what is important to, to
1: note is that th- is you're not from Ireland, uh, where I'm David not. seems to source all of our
0: guests from. <laughs> I've run out of friends uh, now. Stick your hand
2: out the window and drag someone in.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, Oscar, you've been a friend of the show from the very beginning because I think from memory, I think in episode two and then again in episode five, your questions featured on the mailbag. So Uh, you, yeah. yeah, So you've you've been, yes, you've you've been um, following the two in the autos from the very beginning. We're very grateful for your support, but I. Are you ready to face the seven questions? I'm ready. Okay. Um, Robert, do you want to hit him with question number
1: one? Yes, I will. Oscar, question number one. Are you
2: a full-time author? I'm not. I uh, work full-time, and uh, my writing is done in uh, short bursts. Throughout the day, you could say.
0: Okay, so you you figure out windows that you can get to your manuscripts during the day? Yeah, Uh,
2: thankfully I have a bit of a commute uh, to work. Um, So I have about uh, a 30 minute walk to my bus uh, during which I uh, dictate using one of these little recorders.
0: Oh, nice. I have about
2: 20 minutes to write on the bus and then on my lunch break and then when I go back home. So I manage about four or five. 20 to 30 minutes spr- sprints every day. That's oh, fantastic. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Cause I think, um,
1: we've, we've done an episode about, um, writing with a full time job, but we actually spoke about on the show this week, um, we are talking about, uh, we answered a mailbag question. And I think one of the things we brought up David was about giving the time, the investment of time to your book. Yeah. So I think, Oscar, you a fantastic example there of finding time when people would just you know, cross it off as, oh, that's my commute. I can't write in that. But you obviously see it as a, a gap in your day to be able to do it.
2: Yeah, you spoke on you on a few uh, episodes about uh, putting other things aside, like watching Netflix and uh, doing other stuff. And yeah. uh, I mm-hmm. really like watching Netflix, so I have to find that time <laughs> somewhere else.
0: <laughs> Me too, Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't experience. quite been able to give that one up. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's hard. Um brilliant. So uh, uh, t- tell us what books you have out that you you you've released one book so far. You've published one, is that right, Oscar? Uh
2: yeah, I write uh, fantasy and I have one book out. Uh, I published it in the middle of March and I'm a- almost finished with book 2. I'm hoping to oh, release that uh, right. in June. Oh,
0: oh fantastic. brilliant fantastic okay so w- with those publications uh, one already out one's coming soon have you decided which is question 2 on the seven questions to put your ebooks wide or exclusive at amazon
2: uh, i'm actually going to go ahead and break your kindle unlimited streak here uh, i'm i'm wide nice oh yes. great brilliant we love to hear that yeah. i love bravery <laughs> yes yeah well um I I came into self-publishing very front-loaded with information. I did a lot of research beforehand. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I realized very early that I wouldn't be going full-time anytime soon. So I figured if wide publishing takes a lot longer to get going, why not start that right away and see where it Mm -hmm. goes? Yeah.
1: It's a smart decision
2: as well because I get the itch all the time to want to go wide
1: Um, and I'm so far in now that it's, it'd be too difficult for me to do it right now. It'd be one of those things. If I could go back to the beginning and get it to go wide and focus on that from the beginning, I probably would. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: shouldn't probably pull books out. You should probably go wide with new ones Mm -hmm. if you were ever to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end, end game with uh, going wide is actually uh, selling uh, direct on my website. Uh, I am not mm-hmm. doing that right now, but from what I read and heard, um, you get uh, you get your customer data, uh, so you are in control yeah. of their emails, even if they're not on your newsletter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, makes um,
2: sense. Yeah, you can market directly to them, which uh, in my to me sounded very nice. So I also yeah, believe you can get up
1: to Sorry.
2: a 95% royalty. Yeah. Uh, and uh, with the, all the ACX uh, stuff going around now, um, turns out that wide authors don't get the 25% from ACX. They get closer to 15%. Oh, really? So, oh, dear. Yeah. So oh, wow. um, that sounds a little low to me.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's very long. (laughs) Um, It certainly is. Well, yeah, fantastic that you've um, made the decision to go wide. Um, I actually, it's one I think is is one, again, like I said, one I'd love to have done myself. Um, Yeah. But question number three, Oscar, is name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without.
2: Well, uh, uh, my first... uh... The the first thing that popped into my mind when I read the question was uh, vellum, but you had that so many times before. Uh, (laughs) I think the only one I really can be without is my editor, Um, since I'm not... uh, English is not my first language uh, Mm -hmm. since I'm Swedish. Yeah. uh, So it becomes uh, extra important to get as many eyes as possible on my manuscripts.
0: It's such a good answer. You you, yeah, you have to really professionalize that manuscript, don't you, as as, as much as you can?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty decent, I think. But uh, uh, a lot of Swedish idioms and things like that have a tendency to sneak in. So it's good to get yeah. someone uh, to look yeah, at and it. I, so my and my was... first book had the, uh, first a dev edit and then a line edit and then some proofreaders. So I made sure that it's ah, as good as I can make it.
0: Nice. Yeah. Outside perspective and, and different eyes are, are, are huge on any manuscript. And I, I, I mean, Stephen King couldn't write a book and then publish it. No, right. You know, he, he, he needs that team of, of uh, readers and editors. So that, that's a great answer. It really is one not just that Oscar can't do without. It's a service that none of us independent authors should be doing without. A, a great editor mm-hmm. is a key component. Yeah, um, right. a, que- a question, Oscar, that um, I think is probably the most popular of the seven questions is how do you market your books?
2: Um, my strategy is actually not marketing yet. All oh, not okay. Much. Uh, since I only, only have one book out and I write in a series. Yeah. And my plan is to wait for the second book to be out and the third book to be in pre- pre-order before I start doing uh, uh, and a um. kind of paid marketing. Yeah. You know? I do have um, a book funnel. So I'm doing some uh, newsletter promos with a reader magnet. So I am Great. getting some subscribers who go on to buy the book uh, That's through that. Yeah. And I have a uh, a free novella out uh, that leads into the first book. So I, I have done uh, a few promotions on that just to... A- Get my feet wet, like book barbarian, mm-hmm. fantasy librarian, just to try
0: mm-hmm. it out. Ah, okay, is that the broken pyromancer? Yeah. Ah, so, no, that's, so the, no, that's
2: sorry. The prequel novella is uh, Elsbark Academy.
0: Ellsberg Academy is the prequel novella, and then yeah. the, the broken pyromancer is the novel. Book one, yeah. Book one. Oh, brilliant! So, you, you've planned then when book two was out, and book three is available for pre-order. You've plotted and planned plans, that that's when you're going to start marketing. That makes so much sense, I have to say.
2: Yeah, I think uh, even if I get people reading book one, it's not going to pay for the ads. And uh, Yes. I'm not really in a position to uh, shower it with money right now.
0: Yeah, until those <laughs> other books are ready for pre-order and you, yeah. you know that when you're selling one, you're likely selling three. Brilliant. Fantastic. Right. Awesome. Like, so yeah, you're learning a lot.
1: Right, And you've, and you've also got the, the mailing list cultivation going already like with the novella yeah. the, the reader magnet uh, the book funnel and things like that. so if you're, you're already getting subscribers without really marketing or like i right. you said you're not pushing people to the book which is it kind of already <laughs> proves your method is working so when you do get it and scale it you'll get you'll you'll build your mailing list as well fantastic yeah. so.
2: going for the slow and steady
1: yeah that's the yeah. way that is the way that's what i did slow and steady in streets <laughs> Um so okay, well question 5 uh Oscar is what's the one thing you know
2: now that you wish you knew from the outset um being as I'm working full time I think um time management uh i mm-hmm. I'd say uh since I I knew so much from the beginning about what I was supposed to I wanted to start sprinting right away and just uh Right, 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 and uh, um, kind of figure out the lo- logistics to let me release uh, in kind of short intervals. But it turns out that uh, working full time and having small kids uh, makes that kind of mm-hmm. difficult.
0: It sure does. Yeah. So
2: my preset uh, editor dates have been pushed back a little, especially since they have been sick sick uh, all of January, February, and most of March. Oh.
0: <laughs> ah, okay, yeah, time is such a premium, it really is. But um I have to say the, the book, the bro the Broken pyromancer it looks it's a great cover. It's very striking. Mm. Um I'd Thank love you. to have you on, uh come back on the podcast in a year to really see how those plans that you've put in place come to fruition for you. Because anything that we Rob and I recommend to a first time author and you are a first time author because you've just got that one novel novel out yet, you're doing it right. You understand it's a long term game. Mm-hmm. You're plotting and planning for when book two comes out. I'm going to put book three up for pre-order and then I'm going to start marketing. It seems like you're definitely going about everything the right way. So it'll be fascinating to find yeah, out um, where, where you are months down the line. Now, yeah, it is just yet. Yeah, no, please do. Yeah, absolutely. It would be great to have you back on. So you, you've one novel out, you've two nearly written. And you had that novella, so it's a bit early days in your career. But question six, I bet you can still answer. What's the biggest <laughs> frustration you've faced so far as an independent author?
2: I actually had some difficulty with this. Uh, it kind of goes into question five with the time management things, uh, thing, mm-hmm. and yeah. lack of time. Um, I've not really run up, run up against that many frustrations yet, since I haven't really started uh, marketing all that much. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about the whole uh, trad versus indie thing. Uh, I'm happy to sit in mm-hmm. my corner and self-publish without caring what anyone yeah. else thinks. Yes, good, good, um, good. So, I don't know. I'm I'm not that uh, frustrated of a guy. Fantastic. What way cool. to be.
0: <laughs> well, all Swedish people are like that, aren't they? They just got an extra yeah, cool stoic. that we don't have. Uh, yeah,
2: I love it. As long as you're uh, four meters away. <laughs> you, you can't come too close. Yeah. I mean, I will say you've
1: probably, if you, you're wide, have you, you've had to deal with the Apple's platform to upload books and, and do all that. <laughs>
2: that would have been my um, pick.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. That is no, frustrating. I'm
2: actually, I'm, I'm using an aggregator, uh, Draft2Digital, oh, okay. um, there are, uh, in-house promos at Apple that is actually easier to get into if you're through an aggregator. So I chose to go through them.
0: Oh, really? Oh, okay, nice. that's interesting. Are you, are I don't are you, know,
2: are you using draft to digital for all the platforms or just for Apple? Uh, no, I go direct to Amazon, Kobo, uh, right, Google yeah. Play. I think that's it. And then the rest through uh, draft to digital
1: If you go... Th- Barnes & Noble, I don't know if through Darth to Digital, you, you get access to all their in-house promos? Because they've got fantastic no, in-house promos. I don't
2: think so. Uh, but Barnes & Noble isn't available to us in Sweden, so I can't go
1: directly. Oh, ah, okay. oh Sorry to hear that. Um, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> yeah. there's your frustration. Barnes & Noble needs Man, to open Barnes Noble. up their doors to Sweden.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, Oscar, it's been really, really fascinating talking to you, especially because You've only got one book out, but you've got so much put in place yeah. that it, it already looks like your blueprint is going to, I'd look at that blueprint and say, yeah, this is, this looks great, but yeah, before, we let you, yeah, before we let you go, we've got one more question for you and it's what's the one piece
2: of advice you would pass on to our listeners? Uh, I would say, uh, yeah. manage your expectations, uh, uh-huh. Even with all the information out there, you still stumble upon people all the time that are disheartened and uh, want to quit because they wrote a book or two and they aren't uh, an instant success. Mm -hmm. Um, And they aren't, uh, often they aren't advertising either. So I I would say uh, have a plan before you even get the first book out and uh, stick to it. Uh, because it's uh discipline and the uh, the long race that will get you there brilliant yeah
0: we're always preaching the long race oscar yeah and you've nailed it there in, over the last 20 minutes of talking to us um yeah a real model of how to have patience at this game take your time understand that um we're not going to become rich from one book and then putting everything in place to make sure that we can become rich from these uh, words that we write further down the line. Oscar, thank you so much for giving us your time this morning. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much, Oscar.
2: Thank you. In the
1: David, wasn't it nice to, to finally talk to Oscar?
0: Yeah, great friend of the show, Oscar. Uh, thanks very much mm. uh, again for being with us this morning. Some fascinating answers, and it just goes to show we've had we've had people on with one book who really um, give me some hints and tips, I and mean, we people on uh-huh. who who have dozens of books out and they're still giving me hints and tips. So it really doesn't matter where you are in your author career. These seven questions have been sculptured specifically to sort of get the best out of anybody wherever wherever they're at with their writing. We actually, Robert, I'm going to say now, we are down Mm -hmm. to a queue of only four authors. So I am calling out now to you listeners. I want you on the seven questions. So go to our Facebook page, which is the Two in the Authors podcast. At the top, there is a pinned post where there's a sign up for you to become a guest on our seven questions feature. I want you to fill it in. It takes 60 seconds to fill it in. I want to know your name, your email that I can contact you with, um, and a link to your books. We we, we mm-hmm. need more people on this uh, feature, please. But uh, Oscar, thank you so much. It was great. It was great talking to you. Yeah, it was wonderful. And
1: and the reason we want people on the show, David, is because every week the answers are so fascinating. Like yeah. there's so everyone approaches it differently, either through the technology they use, the way they write, just how they, their brain works, how they deal with issues, like different frustrations, different stuff like that. And I just find it I find it absolutely fascinating. So yeah, I'm with you. Let's make sure we have you know, if if you're sitting there, if you're listening to the podcast or you're in the Facebook group and you're sitting there thinking Oh, I'd like to do that, but I just I'm too nervous to go on the show with those two. So we're we're just two idiots really who just yeah. you know, we just we just we're just asking some questions. So two saps. Um, yeah. Yeah, just a couple of idiots sitting here with their silly beards talking two nonsense. Idiot
0: authors. And and I get a lot <laughs> of people when you reach out to them, they go, Oh no, sure, I wouldn't I've only got two books out. I wouldn't have anything. Listen. Everybody has something to add. Everybody in this game uh-huh. has something to add, particularly for those seven questions. That's why we've written them that way. That's why they come up with yeah. them that way. Um, so that brings us to the end of another show, Robert. That's 28 in uh-huh. the bag. Uh-huh. What have you got on until we speak next Thursday? Yeah, well, got I would book have called you tomorrow. Book. Yeah.
1: Yes. Launch a new book, see how that goes. Um, and I guess I'm just going to do a bit of writing and just sort of, you know, do all the stuff you need to do on a book launch, like the follow-up posts and the kind of wave that you, you know, sort of surf on for a few days. It's quite nice. So yeah. that'll be my
0: next week. What about you, buddy? Oh, you're you are launching a book next week. I am. Yes. On the we'll be recording our next show on the Thursday, the day before uh, the Betsy Blake sequel would will have come out. So um, amazing. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um. What am I gonna do between now and then? Well, the schools are on strike again, and so I've got Lola home with me. So uh, I think I'm off to a fair Support to the now. strikers. Support to the strikers. Yes, we t- we you, mm-hmm. teachers, wonderful people, absolutely. And and then well, you vacuum... going on
1: that? Are you going on your horse again? Oh, not that one no. That was in Drayton okay, Manor. Okay, so no. to our listeners, like... so to, to our <laughs> listeners. Please the, before we go, the, the one thing I want you to do, as soon as you finish this um episode, apart from obviously give us a five star review on whatever platform you're listening to, <laughs> is I want you to go to David's uh Instagram account. Isn't Mr. D Lyons? I think it is. Mr. Mr. D, D, D B Lions,
0: I think. Mr. D B Lyons. Lines.
1: There's a wonderful video of David on a kid's ride at Drayton Manor, and his daughter is so far away from him that he just looks like a creep on a ride. It's fantastic. On his own.
0: On, his, on own. his own,
1: complaining.
0: Yeah. ah, uh, yeah. I thought ta- I was getting on with her and then it ended up we were <laughs> separated and now I'm just going around this little Yeah, a tiny little horse on his a own. Little horse ride for three year olds on my own. Great. Okay, well thanks for ending the podcast on that note, Robert. Appreciate it. So I, right.
1: Um anyway, I will catch you next week when we've both got new books in the bag.
0: <laughs> <Over-overs>. <laughs> in the TV To the To the TV To the TV the